you're listening to the Safford Library Book Jockeys, where you'll learn about us, programs, and you guessed it, books. Hi, everybody. This is Elizabeth, the Early Literacy Coordinator at the Safford Library, and I'm joined by... Victoria, I am the library director of the Safford City Graham County Library. I always abbreviate it because it's so long. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, how about them waffles? They were really good, actually. I was very excited about our waffle day. A little bit of context. Uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode, here at the Safford Library as a staff, as a community building type of exercise, uh, we do basically a staff party for Valentine's yes. Day, which is the day before... Valentine's, Valentine's Day, and it's something that started on Parks and Recreation, the TV show. We observe it the Thursday prior. prior. It's just easy easier for us as a staff to to schedule in on a Thursday. Yeah, when it's the end of our week. Yes, yes. Um, we tend to be able to make it work then. But it's a full on waffle bar. <laughs> this year, Debbie brought chicken strips so we could have chicken and waffles. Oh, we're frying them next year. Oh, we are? Is that official? Are we air frying them or deep frying them? I've convinced her, I think, to air fry them. I feel deep frying with hot oil would be a bad idea because we're trying to do it first thing in the morning. Right. And then the, the oil aroma might linger. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of, I think, talked her down from the, the oil, but I think we're going to air fry next year. So we need a bigger air fryer. Okay. So we've got, I mean, there's so many fixings. I don't even think I'll be able to list them all, but there's bacon, pecans, yep. all the syrups. Berries, uh, berries, uh, peanut butter, butter, Nutella, peanuts, or walnuts, walnuts, pecans, pecans. Oh, you said pecans. Sorry. Yeah, there's like a lemon curd. Oh, the lemon curd is, um, is a fixture. Yes. Jennifer brings this like cream cheese and marshmallow fluff. Yeah, that's what it is. It's delicious a delicious dip. dip, fruit dip. I put it on the waffle. Oh, like that's a good. Waffle oh, and then Leslie made those cookies this year. Oh yeah, the little waffle cookies. Oh my gosh, those were delicious. I could have eaten like five more of those things. It's fantastic. So we do this as a staff, and then we also invite the friends it's of the library, library board, and they join us as well. And now this is like our this was our third time doing it. Debbie had she had photographs of <laughs> other Galentine's parties that we've had in the past. And she's helped decorate them. the table. Yeah, she's framed them to decorate the table. She writes the names of all the staff and folks that attended those. So. Not just she doesn't just write them. She puts them next to the the picture. Yeah, she next does to the, next to the face if you need reference. Love reference. Yeah, yeah. So, and every year we do a a big picture of everyone that attends. So next year she'll have a new frame, another frame, and she'll write everybody's name that attended. Well, we use that back kitchen, back yes. in the big program room, and anything that gets cooked in that kitchen the aroma <laughs> wafts into the early literacy classroom so that day that day for story time i'm walking in everybody's walking in for story time and the whole room smells like bacon <laughs> it smelled so good and everybody's like oh man now i'm hungry i mean when when leslie and uh the u of a cooperative extension yes when there's the cooking classes same yep um i don't want it to stop you know, because it smells really good when these things well, happen. But Debbie does her her demonstrations for the spice of the month in there, and sometimes that smell also wafts through, and it smells just fantastic in that room. I'm yeah. just so hungry though. After well, fortunately, story times at 10 a.m. Yes, yes, yes. Monday through Thursday, listeners. So if if you are super hungry once there's been some sort of cooking program happening, it's basically lunchtime when we're done. Yeah. So just <laughs> indulge that urge. If you're hungry, go eat. <laughs> So we know we all, we can't wait till next year yes. and the joy it will bring. Yes. The joy it will bring. 
and we're back. <laughs> we, we don't have an ad break or anything. It's just, it's just kind of fun to say it that way, isn't it? Actually, I kind of been wanting to say it like that for a while now. So I got that out of my system. You can do it again, aren't you? Maybe I should. We are here with Misty and Misty is in charge of, like all of us, Misty is in charge of so many things here at the, wait for it, Victoria. Safford City, Graham County Library. I was going to say it, but thank you. I thought you were signaling me to say it. No, I meant that I was going to oh, say it. My apologies. I apologize. Okay. Well, Misty is here. <laughs> I am not rolling my eyes too. <laughs> Misty, tell us a little bit of your role here. Some of the things you're in charge of. All right. Well, first and foremost, I get to basically hang out with the teenagers. So that's a really fun job. I come up with some fun programs for them and make sure that they're just doing all right. And you you tend to have a pattern in the month because it's not, there's like the teen program, there's anime club, and then is it another teen program or is that future you? Yeah. So at the the first Thursday of the month is always Anime Club, where we watch a new anime of the month. We do some sort of event or game to play. Second Thursday of the month is Future You, where we try to focus something on the future of the teens, bettering their future somehow, some way, even if it's just sewing a button on a shirt or maybe changing a tire on a car. I'm very open to options for these teens to learn because sometimes... You know, you just need some help. Maybe even just ordering a sandwich at Subway. I don't know. Um, and then the third Thursday of the month is pretty laid back. We try to do, um, that one's called GASP, which is Games, Arts, Science, and Peers. Or Program. That one's interchangeable. And that one's fun. Just lots of fun stuff go goes on in that one. So you guys only meet three times a month, not four times like the like the early elementary and tweens? No, um, that fourth Thursday will eventually get filled in with the teen advisory group that we are starting, and that will kind of play into what the teens want to do that day and what they've got planned coming up. So do you want to talk a little bit about what the tag, not the tab, is? Yeah, it's not a tab. They like tag, not tabs. I know, I keep wanting to be like, the teen advisory board. But that they didn't like the abbreviation. No, for some reason they were into the G on on the tag. So well, tag's kind of playful. Like you're playing tag, and well, you see, am I missing something? They didn't like that either. They oh, <laughs> oh see, I thought I was. I'm like I'm following. Okay, I get yeah, it. Oh, that's cool. Um, no, they kind of like the idea of like a dog tag sort um, of tag for it. Okay, I'm not sure what their marketing is going to look like. Right dog yet. I don't know. This is a great question for these teens. They've got a lot to figure out and they've got some really good opportunities to be able to really make this program theirs. Right. Okay. I have to tell you guys a really funny teenager interaction I had last week when I was on desk. There was a teenager who, you know, you have to like update every year or all the time. We're always updating people, making sure. What am I trying to say? Accounts are current. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for helping me with that phrasing. <laughs> And the phone number was, I had to update the phone number in this account. So I do that. And then I ask, the next question is, and who's the carrier? Right. Meaning like. Who's the phone carrier? Yeah. Like Verizon, T-Mobile. cell phone provider. Your cell right. phone provider. So I said, who's the, I asked, and who's the carrier? That's what I asked. And this teenager <laughs> went, my parents? <laughs> my mom, duh. Um, <laughs> is she asking that? You know how many adults? You'd be surprised how many times I've asked that to an adult and they say me. And I said, no, I mean, like, is it Verizon? Because I'll say, who's your cell phone provider? Who's your cell phone carrier? You have no idea how many times I've had an adult answer me, 
I am. Oh, okay. See, I haven't ha ever had that experience. So this is my only experience with an answer that wasn't like Sprint, Verizon, Straight Talk. And so it was a teenager and it was the timing, <laughs> the tone of her voice. I was like, you know what? And we're familiar with some of her other family members who were like, when your parents come in, we'll, we'll make sure we ask. And right. it, it all got straightened out. <laughs> I think just the wording and the verbiage. So a lot of times I'll say Verizon T-Mobile or something. Well, kind of get. How that. often do we have to tell people that? It's not really not a often. question that we get. No, it's just the text. Ordinarily. No, because that helps us when we send the text messages. That's why we have to ask what provider it is. Right, but it's not like yeah, no, other it's, organizations are like, and who's your provider? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's another thing I do. All of those text messages that get sent back with their phone number being the wrong way or the provider not being correct. I can see all those phone numbers and say, hey, please update the phone, update the phone number on this account. Please update your email. Yeah, please update the email. So you, you take care of our collections management for those items, those folks that items are, are a little late. Yes, they take care of those. I send out some late notices. I fold them all with care. <laughs> those will return soon. <laughs> Wait, so you get notifications on your work computer no, it's on, a, phone numbers. it's on a Gmail account. Yeah, it's an account that we sign into that it has all the kickbacks and I get to see um, just to make sure that the people are being updated. You know, they've asked for these notifications to be sent to them. Right. And sometimes they're not going through. So I'm trying to figure out, well, what is it? Is the phone number that's wrong? Is it the provider that's wrong? So I just put a little note in the account to, to update that stuff. So that way we're all good. And oh, mm -hmm. we know these people are getting <laughs> messages. You had no idea she did that. <laughs> no, I learned <laughs> Well, there's so many, there's so many little things as far as processes and procedures and just the general day in, day out. Uh -huh of running a library right. and there's seven full-time folks here at the library um, and mm -hmm. a small village of part-time folks. Exactly. And there's just so many little things about all of our jobs. I yes. bet we'd all learn something from each other of, Oh, you do that? Yeah. Or that's a job here. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I know sometimes when I tell people like, no, we're all here at 8am and they look at me weird. The question, their follow-up question what? Either they don't know how to ask, so they don't ask, but I can tell by the look on their face. What do or they do ask is like, in so many words, what do we do at 8 a.m.? And I'm like, well, here's what I do. I can't speak to everybody else because <laughs> I don't have their it's job. It's showing, it's meetings, it's getting the library ready for open. It's doing pull lists in the morning if you have an item on hold. You know, there's a it's, staff yeah. member that's assigned that to make sure that machines are working all those program planning program planning meeting like i said in my case i have meetings a lot of times between 8 39 in the morning it's basically what we do okay missy would you agree it's basic what we do from 8 to 10 before open is for the most part with some exceptions everything we do all day anyway when we're not at desk or is that just me not necessarily it's it's, it's background administration i think in the morning because you do your collection notices in the morning it really depends on the day of the week for me. I've got different days that I do different things in the morning. So I really try to utilize those two hours in the morning before the public comes in to either go through the adult fiction and mm -hmm. make sure it looks nice and get all my shelving done. Or if it is printing out those late notices and getting them all taken care of before we open. Makes sense. My day is different every single day, always. Except for usually at 10 o'clock, you'll know where to find me. <laughs> Except for Mondays. Except for Mondays. <laughs> um, I'm just everywhere all yeah. the time. Yeah. So even what I do in that eight to 10 block, 
is different every day. Well, all of us really, it changes, like you said, every single day. So it depends on what our, what we need to get done for that week. And you oh. also, and you also assist in the trivia nights. Yes. Trivia is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It might, this this recording might not be out before it, it happens. So I'm hopeful. Oh, that's true. That's yes. true. I'm hopeful it is. So, but we do have future ones. Well, to those listening, we have just hosted then a Disney trivia night. And I'm sure that it went just absolutely <laughs> swimmingly. I'm sure everyone sure was so tickled. I'm sure everyone was just as distracted as I was by the background music. <laughs> <laughs> when we were testing the, when we were t- testing all the questions for you guys, it was so fun. What was it? It wasn't a fill in the type your answer. Oh my oh, gosh, she was. I hope you kept all the type your answers because it does create more uh, of a challenge. They're still so. there. Yeah, I wasn't discouraged by your complaints, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> you were the loudest one that was complaining. <laughs> oh gosh, I was having such a blast. It was so fun. There's Disney music playing in the background, and I'm like trying to give side notes about like, oh, did you know this song? Or this song makes me think of this. And Jennifer's just trying to get through the question. <laughs> and then I started berating you, Victoria, about what you ever you were complaining about because I'm like, I have to go to outreach. Yet I'm chatting one in the room. What were you? What was I complaining about? Oh, pain and panic. I think you had to have them both. Both ways. You don't remember. Panic and pain, pain and panic. No, I think, I think it was something else. But if I think of it, I'll bring it up. I I'm could sure you will. No, it might be something else. Oh, no, is that you were complaining most of the time. We have, we have 60 <laughs> minutes to get through 60 questions. So we got to move this along. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a blast. Good job to what I know is, was oh. an awesome event. Get <laughs> into the air. <laughs> Okay, so I, as you know, I listen, well, as Misty knows, as Victoria knows, I listen to podcasts all day long whenever I'm doing tasks that don't require me to be listening to other people. Um, I just put in a podcast. Okay, so then there's commercials. And this, I'm terrible at telling stories. Um, so Do you want to explain the content of every commercial you've heard in the last... No, you know? but I swear this was a McDonald's <laughs> commercial, but it didn't yeah. sound like the typical branding for a mcdonald's commercial but they're they for a limited time and i thought this is why i'm bringing this up misty because i think your teens would be into this there's something you get at mcdonald's and then there's like manga access to like new videos cool and then but then every time you were going to go into mcdonald's they said it said it very aggressively like it was an anime introduction you know sometimes it's not that anime is aggressive. It's just that it's very like intentional as yes. we're talking to you. It's coming right at you. Yeah. yeah. That was the tone of this. What I swear <laughs> was a McDonald's commercial, but I was very confused. I'm going to have to look that up. See if we can maybe take a field trip to McDonald's. Yeah. And it was only in limited areas. So maybe we'll have whatever it is that we're talking about, but maybe your teenagers will already know and you can be like, Hey, did you hear about this? And they'll be like, yes, let me tell you all about it. Oh yeah. And you're like, Oh, she's so cool. She will. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. I did it again, guys. We'll, we'll see if it goes in the future. I'll just, you know what? I'll just take that snippet and record it and just paste it at the beginning of everything. So you yelling and we're back. I guess so. Um, Victoria, did you notice when we were talking previously that I had addressed Misty? No. Directly. And then you wound up answering the question? No. I don't read facial cues very well. So I honestly had no idea what was going on. I said Misty and I was looking directly at her. Were you? Asked the entire question. (laughs) 
I might have been looking at that, that or at the... And then you started answering whatever it was. And Misty and I just looked at each other. Misty, do you feel like... We're going to practice this again, Victoria. Misty, do you feel like... Do you feel like sometimes things happen here at the library and you and I just look at each other and we know exactly what the other is thinking? I just smile and nod. I, Yeah, absolutely. Am I sensing a deeper connection than you are? <laughs> I think uh, Elizabeth tends to sense deeper connections than most of us do. I just think sometimes we look at each other, Misty, and we know what the other is thinking. Like something's funny or we both clocked something at the same time. No, yeah, I, I think we do that too. And just trying to be aware of those surroundings and be like, what the heck was that? Right. Okay, good. So I'm not, I'm not, sen- you know, miss sensing something. So is it okay that I did speak during that time? Cause you were yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Victoria. <laughs> I was a gold star. Oh yeah. She's always the one. Does she ever talk to you about gold stars? No. I, you know do what? You know gold stars, Victoria? No, I keep telling Jennifer I should give her one. Just because of the sass. And then Elizabeth, just a teal star, just to be a little different since she really likes her teal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like the approval of others. So then she, see, she in a, in a silly way, is like, gold star, Elizabeth. <laughs> what if we gift her like a sticker booklet of gold stars to like give her the incentive to give us gold stars? To give Victoria the gold so, um, uh, Because I've run out of gold stars. Yeah. I have gold stars from, I have like just star stickers from oh, whatever yeah. project. I've done with the little ones, but I know all my silver stars are gone. All my gold stars are gone. I've got like red and green stars now. What craft am I supposed to do with that? Christmas. Christmas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just snorted. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Put them aside for Christmas. Um, You found Mummy Cat? I thought it was lost. Guys, I thought I lost this book. I didn't. It was on the shelf, right? Literally right next to where I was looking. Instead of being up up high on the display shelf with the fours where the cats are, it was literally right next to it where the twos would be. Mm. If it was a snake, it'd bite me. If it was a cat, it would have bit you too. I oh, guess there you so. Go. <laughs> yeah. So the book that Misty is talking about is Mummy Cat by Marcus Yort, and it's illustrated by Lisa Brown. Um, and we'll talk more about her as an illustrator in just a minute. But folks, I'm pretty sure we have adults listening to our podcast and not zero to five-year-olds. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm not giving this book recommendation to like a <laughs> little cast. <laughs> is that a niche? Do you think people have like, you know, there's like baby Einstein. Is there like baby podcast? There's gotta be something somewhere. I imagine it's probably some sort of AMSR. I, know, I, was just gonna say, I don't even. Yeah. What is that? The, um, the things that sound good. Yes. It's probably the things that sound good. Maybe some lullabies, some keys jingling. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Oh, you would love that as an adult or as a child? Is it ASMR? I think so, yes. Yeah, but listeners, let us know at SafferdLibrary at gmail.com. You know the things you can listen to that sound great? Oh, no. No. No, not the whispering? It's it's, it's like it's it's good sh- for some people. It's not good for me. Oh. No, that just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> some of it, it's like some really, it can be really soothing sounds. Okay. Tinkering, turning pages. It's all kinds of random stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know there was a term for that. Yeah. yeah. It stands for something, though, doesn't it? We're off the phone. Oh, we're going to give it a Google. Google. While they're giving it a Google, I'm going to talk to you about Mummy Cat. Okay, so it's a picture book. It's about a cat who's a mummy. It's in the title, folks. I was going to say, I was a little worried. And every hundred years, I guess, Mummy Cat awakens from their sarc- sarcophagus, hoping that this will be the year that their BFF, the king, who's a girl, comes back alive, you know, and 
But here's the thing that gets me that, oh, we, oh, we found sensory meridian response from the head downward that some experience in response to certain sounds, feelings, or descriptions. It can include soft whispering, crinkling paper, or a gentle touch. Is that what that is? I guess so. I've never Googled what it all stands for. So ASMR has nothing to do with this book. Okay, so continue back on the book. Sorry. <laughs> but Well, you let me interject, so... No, yeah, you know, that's fine. Grown-ups, Lisa Brown, the illustrator, does a delightful job of illustrating a B-plot in yeah. this book. Because in the illustrations, it became quickly apparent <laughs> that the pharaoh, her sister was jealous was was something was up conniving conniving that was the yeah and murders her sister to take the throne and i'm like what is happening here so i showed it all the staff in the staff meeting and um good times i hope everybody reads mummy cat (laughs) it's just as much of a kick out of a b plot and illustration as i do and you know that's the thing too if any of you guys have kids and you're reading picture books to your kids Take a moment for your own joy or to point it out to your kids too. Like, what are the illustrations telling you? Like, how are they enforcing the story? What's in the illustrations that's not in the narrative yet is moving the story forward and so on. So that's all part of early literacy skill sets. So narration, they can explain what's going on in the background. And this all, I bought this book for the collection because I felt like we needed a new cat book. And then Amazon tells you what other things you should buy. And it showed me... I didn't buy this book. It's a YA graphic novel. It's called The Phantom Twin, but it's also by, this one's by Lisa Brown. She illustrated Mummy Cat. Oh. And Missy, have you read The Phantom Twin? I, I did not even know it was in the collection, but I, um, Neil Gaiman recommends it. So that's wonderful. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was Neil Gaiman. Winning, uh, winning author of the Graveyard book. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because okay. he's one of Leslie's absolute favorites. Oh, cool. And he's okay. a big advocate for libraries in general. So, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Oh, so what you're saying is I should know who he is. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. This one's fine. Misty okay. said it much nicer than I did. I'm, yeah, you should. Yeah, know. okay. All right, noted, noted. Um, and I was going to interlibrary loan it but then we just had it, already had it in the collection. So The Phantom Twin is a graphic novel and it's set early 20th century, maybe 1920s. The Fairway, it's on the Fairway with all the um, the sideshows. Oh, okay. And so these, these characters, they are conjoined twins who have what would be early, early conjoined twin separation surgery. And the twin who really, really pushed for the surgery to happen passes away. And so the other twin has to deal with learning how to use her prosthetics, finding out, finding what her place is now in essentially the circus and then dealing with the loss of her sister. It sounds like a real downer, but it's not. And what's so cool with these with the sideshows and what were then were freak shows and carnivals and things of that period is that Lisa Brown did a ton of research. So while, while these young women aren't real, and the other characters in the story aren't real. All the characters are based on the types of of entertainment, of yeah. sideshows that were around in that period. Oh. And it's really cool. And then she'll use, like, I guess many folks retired to Florida. There was a town in Florida where many of them, many of these folks lived when they retired from show business. It's just really great. I haven't read many, fant- uh, excuse me, many graphic novels, but every time I do, I'm just blown away at the storytelling. Yeah, and... Again, that's something that the pictures are also telling another part of the story. While 
I mean, you have the panels, but the pictures are a big part of that story, the graphic novels. Do you read graphic novels, Misty? I don't. I, my brain goes too many places. I'm the same way. I have a hard time focusing on one thing. It's just too much visual input for me. Yeah. Well, and that's why I could probably, actual pacing, I could probably get through The Phantom Twin or like a few episodes ago when I mentioned... Oh, what was the other one? Yes. The George Takei yes, yes, book. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's so much to ponder and think about that I wind up having to put it down and, and finish it over the course of two, three days instead. Have you read anything lately, Misty? Oh, uh, actually, yes. I recently read Snow and Rose. We had to look it up. The author, Emily Winfield Martin. Mm-hmm. I was right. I know. I was like, isn't it Bridget? No, her first name was Emily. I remember yeah, thinking. I must have been looking at something with Bridget. No Susans this time. I see Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a lot of books by Susans randomly. What's the major ins- inspiration or plot point for Snow and Rose? Um, so Snow and Rose is a retelling of one of Grimm's fairy tales, which is really wonderful because there's an original story, um, kind of like Snow White, but this one's not really told that often. So it was kind of nice to... To read this story in a different light than how all, all the other fairy tales usually are written. Were you familiar with the fairy tale to begin with? Because I wasn't. I've maybe listened to an audiobook um, once before that told it, but it had been so long that this was was brand new to me again. And it's a junior. Fi- it's in the junior fiction section again. I was shopping for something for the library, and then Amazon told me I needed to look at this book as well. I'm like, okay, I'll look at it. And then it's definitely more junior fiction. So I was like, Leslie, can you buy this for the junior fiction section? I think Misty, I think you checked it out. And then I checked it out. It's right now it's checked out by Cammy. Mm-hmm. So someday listeners, it's going to hit. The shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and when it does, we'll make sure we put it on the shelf uh, with our other books that have been yes. mentioned on the podcast. Oh my gosh. The author includes her own original illustrations. She does. There's maybe about 10 illustrations over the course mm-hmm. of this chapter book of different characters in the woods. I was I was telling Victoria that if you want to know what 10 year old Elizabeth was like in her head, just read this book. It was so sweet. Was there anything that stood out to, to you? Did you read it, Victoria? I did. And I actually read the Grimm's fairy tale it's based on just for my own amusement. But yeah, I did. Yeah, it was just a fan, a very innocent view of the world. And they live in the woods, and this is their exploration through the woods. And it just, the librarian was like, of course, one of my favorite characters. I did like the librarian. It was a good touch. Yeah, I, I uh, could aspire to be a librarian in a glass house with a big yes. leg uh, with only goats as pets. <laughs> um, I think that sounds great. It was a glass house? Yeah, it was kind of like a greenhouse. Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah, it was like a greenhouse kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I was so charmed by everything else, I guess, because there were no books in the library. No. You pick out an object. Object. Yes. Only things. Only things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then those things wind up being helpful. They, the thing is the story or has the story and their story is yet to unfold. And at some point it will, the story will unfold with the girls. Yes. And a lot of those pieces are in. The, the fairy tale, which is only like five or six pages, but a lot of the elements that, I mean, it's very loosely based on it, but she did take a lot of the elements from the actual story and put it into the book, which I found pretty impressive and oh, made so it this cool. full length book that had a lot of depth to it for it being a junior book. And I don't read, remember. <laughs> so for the fact that I actually enjoyed it, but I always had, always, always interested in Grimm's fairy tales. So I thought mm. that was kind of a cool tie in. Yeah, it's it's magical. It's a little mysterious. Yes, There's it a is. sense of adventure. There's a sense of doom, but it's in a 
upbeat way. I don't know. Like it feels like it's a little foreboding. It's a fairy tale. It yes. feels there's a little bit of it feels like a little bit of animal or magical creature vibes like Narnia. It's got it just feels really good to me. It just makes you like you really transport yourself in this yes. book where you feel like, oh, I could just be in front of a cozy fire in like this grand castle with the rain falling. And that's my favorite kind of book to really just bring me somewhere else and make me just love reading it every time I, I open that those pages. Now, mm-hmm. the climax for me was a little too fast. Like right. the solution seemed too easy. And she didn't use the Snow didn't use the matches the way I thought she should have used the mat or could have used the matches when the climax was happening. The matches is one of the objects she checked out from the library. Right. Well, and actually the roles are reversed in the original. Snow is actually Red's character and vice versa. Their personalities are switched. Oh, but see, that's going to confuse me because what name did I just say? No, Snow, you're right. But in the book, her personality actually fits Rose Red. Well, I meant to say Rose. Oh, you meant to say Rose? Okay, yeah, okay. Rose is the one who... Save snow. Yes. I got nothing. <laughs> but, it was hard to keep track of the girls sometimes. Yeah. Yes. But the point, well, my point is still the, the same. Girl with which. But my point is still the same. The The personalities of the girls where snow was more outgoing and Rose was more reserved, those are reversed in the original telling. Oh. So she reversed their roles. It feels a little Tolkien, too. We've got, like, people that live underground. Yes. 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 Um, there's, like, idyllic with, like, farming yes. and agriculture. And there's like bandits in the yes, woods. Yes, there's yeah. bandits in the woods. Yep. Well, cottage core is very big right now. And I definitely think this book would be like, that's a cottage core book. It gives very like Huga vibes, like all that comfy coziness. Yeah. Okay. I think even without necessarily having the climax of the book being my favorite, the whole rest of the book, I was so delighted by. I think I think I might just buy it. Yeah. You've talked for, about just it. Just to have it at my house. Yeah. Just to read it occasionally, refer back to something that's just kind of comforting. I loved it. Although I can never say the title right. I'm always like, I, I've called it repeatedly. I've called it Rose and Thorn. Oh, that's the name of another series. Is right? that really the name of a series? Is, it, is that the name of a book or a series? It's There's the Sarah, the Sarah J. Moss, yes. which is A Court of Rose and Thorns. Thorns. Yes. Yeah. A Court of Rose and Thorns. Yeah. And that's in our young that's adult. The, no, that's actually adult fiction. That's the adult fiction. Got a little too spicy. That's true. YA. Throne of Glass was YA. Yes. Well, I say Rose and Thorn because it was a technique I learned in grad school, but really it's just like a conversation technique to talk to anybody about their day. Uh, we we were learning it in the context of, of people's work theatrically, but you can use it just any, like we use it with our kids, like tell us a rose about your day, tell us a thorn. And so it's just how we talk with our kids. Like a rose would be like with something That's good. very cute. Yeah. It, yeah. That's kind of an, uh, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes my kids are like, I didn't have any roses. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't do rose and thorn every day, but sometimes if if we're not particularly chatty, it's a nice icebreaker. Yeah, not every day is sunshine and roses. Nope, it is not. Oh, let yeah. So speaking of flowers, you guys, I read a book called Good Company by Cynthia. I'm going to say Diapri Sweeney. You have some thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> The cover has flowers on it, which I'm not saying. You're you know, rubbing your eyes. You're stressing yourself out right now. <laughs> I was judging a book by its cover. I'm not saying I needed to. Have, it's just a pretty eye-catching cover. It is. But the cover has nothing to do with the book. Like nothing. There are certain flowers in the book, but not the ones that are on the cover. <laughs> like I don't even understand. And then it's got, side. it's got the pages that are. I can't like stand it, those. It's like it's a rough. It's like it's a rough. Don't cut. like those. 
which I tend to like, but it's like almost like a paperback book. So I learned I don't like it with a paperback book, but I would like it with a hardcover. I'm not telling you guys anything about it. I was going to say. Okay, so it's about a bunch of actors, four best friends. One of the friends is, is a doctor, but so it talks a lot about. Okay, let me backtrack for a moment. What I noticed, because last year as part of Get Booked, I read her book, The Nest. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed with these two books is she likes focusing her book around one particular incident and then seeing the character's points of view navigating that particular incident. So in The Nest, it's the matriarch passing away and everybody's waiting for their inheritance, but the inheritance has been spent. Okay. The Nest is like the nest egg. The nest egg, okay. Yeah. So in Good Company, Good Company is the name of the theater company, like but because you're because you're like all in good company, I don't. It's it's anyway. cheesy. Continue. Anyway, so I mean, it's okay. Like, go ahead and read it. I think there's some inaccuracy. Oh my gosh, you guys, there's an, <laughs> there's an inaccuracy in here that then makes me question other things. But she's talking about Agnes of God because one of the characters had a small part in Agnes of God earlier in her career, and I'm like, okay, well then, okay, guys, I did my master's thesis. On Agnes of God. Okay. There are no small parts in Agnes of God. (laughs) It's a three-woman show. Oh. Yeah, it was then like a year or two later turned into the movie that many people are familiar with, with Jane Fonda and Anne Bancroft. And that's going to have small roles because like, oh, here's some office workers. Here's some extra nuns. But like the play is just three And she's referencing the play. She's referencing the play. So then that makes me wonder, it's like, okay, so what else is on? Now, did she base it on the movie? Is What I'm saying is that she'd say it was a small role because she only saw the movie and never saw the play. I mean, maybe. That book. <laughs> yeah. So it's set in New York and Los Angeles and upstate New York, where a lot of these folks go in the summertime for a big summer stock thing that they've been doing for 20 years. And what happens, the big inciting incident is that our protagonist finds her husband's wedding band that had been lost, seemingly lost 15 years prior in the pond up in upstate New York, where this property is that they do summer stock, which means husband, what were you, what were you actually doing? This is a lie because here's the original wedding band. It was not lost in the pond. So it goes into infidelity. Um, it goes into like the history of our friendships. How does that play mm-hmm. into anything and uncovering secret, how that impacts our relationship. So what'd you think? Well, I finished it. So there are some, <laughs> I liked it enough to finish it, but I don't know if I liked it enough to read it again. Yeah. So this is a, there was um, also a paragraph in there that I thought was pretty, um, poorly written. No, just offensive to actors. Oh, so okay. I'm that sorry. we just blur the lines of our, of our real life and our roles and are loosey goosey with fellow actors and romantically, I'm like, that ha- does happen sometimes. But the way that paragraph was saying it, it was like, there were a lot of generalizations. And I was like, I take pause, <laughs> Cynthia. Would you like to write a strongly worded letter? No. You could ask her why she chose that cover as well. Yeah. Why are you writing the letter? P.S. P.S. <laughs> why the paper flowers? <laughs> right. There's paper flowers. There's not any of the flowers mentioned in the book. This really gets her. It's <laughs> <laughs> my biggest poem. I think that's the most you've talked about the entire book is the fact that the flowers on the cover do not match the book. Well, because it's, it's a, it's supposed to invite you in. Yeah. Like in grad school, for example, when we analyze our scripts, we're also analyzing title of play. I'm going to analyze the, the title of the book. Okay. And then that just takes me down a rabbit hole of like, why are these flowers on this cover? (laughs) 
I don't know. You're getting really worked up about it. I think it's just because it looks trendy and the publishers are like, people will pick this up off the shelf if it looks like this. That's part of the reason why I ordered it. Oh, really? Yeah. I ordered it partly and then um, she was the one that wrote The Nest. So I figured, and that one has moved pretty well. So it's a bestseller. So, and then this, it was also, yeah, read with Jenna's book club. I don't remember what Jenna's last name is, but the point is a lot of folks. Jenna Bush Hager. A lot of people like those books. (laughs) So I figured it would be, I learned something new today. Yeah. Do you think she really reads the books that are on her book club? Do you think Reese Witherspoon does? Do you? I I think better chance of Reese Witherspoon reading it than her. Just my just my guess. I don't know these ladies. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about Oprah? Who's recommending those books? Really, it's not Oprah, unless it's Oprah's the color team. purple. Oh, it's true. And some of the books, I think I could see Oprah actually recommending. And I say that because she's flat out said when the color purple the book came out, she was like walking around Chicago pushing this book on people. <laughs> Well, Misty, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I'm so glad our listeners got to learn more about our fantastic teen programming and Snow and Rose, which we promise you guys, it will eventually get to the show, but (laughs) apparently all the staff wants to read it, or at least a lot of the staff wants to read it before Mm -hmm. it does. And then I hope you treasure it as we do. Um, Thank you so much, Misty. All right. Well, as Elizabeth says, farewell. (laughs) Farewell. And we're back. I did it again. That one was aggressive, though. <laughs> you were very aggressive. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Okay. Before we part ways today, listener, I just want to let you Who says that? <laughs> we part ways. I How do I, I know it's the, your normal vernacular. I'm just not used to hearing that from someone of um, your age. Does that make sense? I guess so. I'm an old lady, though. It's not that I'm an old lady. It's just that in my in my mind, in my make-believe, like in Snow and Rose, I'm from Call another back. time. You know, it's, yeah, I'm just another time, another place. It's a little magical, a little romantic, in the woods. We're very different. Anyway, let's... Before, before, <laughs> before we, we go, yes, I, we want to let you know about our community baby shower on Friday, March 22nd, from 9 to noon, here at the library. We have all sorts of community vendors that come to the baby shower to offer information and free resources so that you know what's available to you here in Graham and Greenlee counties. Uh, so folks, we're gearing this this uh, event to folks who are pregnant or are caregivers of a baby ages zero to one. So if you fall into any of those categories, come on down to the Safford Library for our community baby shower on March 22nd from nine to noon. We're going to have free giveaways, mm-hmm. like baby shower gifts, so <laughs> gifts, so to speak. Um, like I said, we have all these different community vendors, so you know yep. what resources are available to you, free resources in our community. Yes. And we're once again partnering with Eastern Arizona College. The nursing majors yes. are going to come, and they're going to help teach those little things that, that are really helpful, especially if you're a first-time Sorry. parent. There's diaper-changing practice and swaddling practice. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, um, we've got this poster and resources of when should I call, like if you think you're in labor, when should yes. I call my doctor? <laughs> and it gives a variety of scenarios of when you should call your care provider. The short answer is anytime you have a question, please, <laughs> please call your care provider. Um, but we give some other more specific, helpful information. And we've got some returning vendors. Yes. All, as always, we've got First Things First. Um, we've got folks from Early Head Start and Child and Family Resources, uh, multiple physicians practices around the health town. health department. 
We'll have the health department as well. And those are just some of uh, some of the folks that you can count on being there, plus many more. I actually, yes. Victoria, I need to count the tables. Yes. Because if I over-promised table space, do you I might. actually have enough tables for what I promised? We'll see. We will see. We will see. <laughs> Very soon. We'll have to count that. Well, thanks, everybody. We ho- hope you answer or excuse me ask us any questions you might have about us our programming the collection and you can reach us at saffordlibrary at gmail.com you could message us on any of our social media platforms Correct. we're on pretty much all of them yes. um or heck you could give us that like i said recently you give us a ringy dingy <laughs> on the telephone or you just talk to us at come the- to the library and talk to us yeah we'd or, love to hear from you yeah thanks so much <laughs>